Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. When you go to a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game, when you have general admission seats, you go in one way. But when you have seats to the VIP suites, you walk into the 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 the, the stadium with your chest out, looking around. Let everybody got to know I got the VIP seats. Uh, uh, when you when you go traveling by plane when your boarding pass says first class you walk a little differently into the airport than when it says economy get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from Ephesians, the first chapter, I'm going to be reading the first through, uh, uh, no, the third rather, through the 14th verse. Again, that is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. I'm going to be reading the New International Translation of God's word. Let's see what it has to say for us today. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. O oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to gather in your word. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. 
Uh, we thank you for the rising of the sun and the going down of the same. Lord God, we ask that your will be done in this time in your word. Let every thought that I think and every word that I speak be acceptable in your sight. Hide me behind your cross so that I will not be present. I will decrease and you will increase. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about the right compass. The right compass. One of my favorite features in my car is a compass. Uh, I like the satellite radio, I like the Wi-Fi, I like a lot of things, but I really like the compass. Um, I like looking at the compass in my vehicle uh, because if I can always uh, see where the compass is, I'll have some sort of understanding of where I am at the time. Um, the compass, I'll look at the compass first before I decide to open up the GPS app because as long as I know which direction I'm going, I can find my way. Uh, pilots, archeologists, uh, moving companies, farmers, loggers, civil engineers, surveyors, geologists, mining companies, Navy SEALs, all use compasses or some sophisticated form of a compass for their work. Uh, we know what compasses are. Uh, we possibly can remember the compasses we had as a little kid. Um, it was round with a tiny needle under the glass bouncing around on a pin, and it's it, it, it sort of pointed north. Uh, that device was called a magnetic compass, and I'm told you can build a basic one with a needle and a cork and a bottle of water. Um, a bowl of water, rather. Um, another type is a, a gyro compass. Uh, this compass does not use the Earth's magnetism to show direction. Instead, a spinning gyroscope works together with the Earth's axis of rotation to point to true north. Ships and aircraft use that kind of compass. Um, there are solar compasses that use the sun as a, a navigational tool based on where the sun is, at what time it is, you'll be able to tell which way you are headed. Um, and then there is a moral compass. A moral compass doesn't tell you where to go geographically. A moral compass helps you to determine right from wrong. Uh, some people learn right from wrong from their parents. Uh, some people learn right from wrong uh, from the people they hang around growing up. Others get their moral compass from scripture. Uh, you might say that a moral compass uses the sun, S-O-N, the son of God, as a directional tool. It is a compass that points to our true north and keeps us on a good and trustworthy path. 
uh, a compass that helps us travel with confidence in the right direction. And if it doesn't, you might need a new compass. The Apostle Paul, uh, credited with writing uh, the book of Ephesians, gives us a basis for a moral compass in Scripture. Uh, we know from Scripture, uh, according to the book of Acts, that Paul came to Ephesus twice. The first time Paul came, he had some conversations and taught in the synagogue, and the people liked what he had to say, so they asked him to stay longer, but he left. And in between Paul's first and second visit, uh, another gentleman that was a, a Jew uh, born in Alexandria, Egypt, by the name of Apollos, uh, taught in the synagogue. Uh, and then when Apollos, Apollos left for Corinth, Paul came back to Ephesus, taught for three months in the temple, or the synagogue rather, laid hands on disciples, and, and then moved because so many people were coming to teach in a larger lecture hall and taught in that lecture hall for two years. Uh, the Ephesian church was unique because the church had people in it that were Jewish born and started following Jesus and people who were not Jewish born, Gentiles rather, that were also following Jesus coming together under the same church following Jesus. The Ephesian church was full of people from different backgrounds and quite frankly different religions and they were all coming together to worship Jesus. The church folk and the non-church folk. The folk that were born into the family and the people that got adopted into the family. Something else that's unique about uh, the book of Ephesians is uh, we talk about church, 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 church. Ephesians does not ever mention meeting in anybody's house. The church is not the building. Uh, Acts, the book of Acts tells us that they met uh, in Ephesus and there were there were meetings going on, but the book of Ephesians does not talk about them. Uh, it talks about the people. Uh, we are all sinners saved by grace. We all need Jesus, which Ephesians tells us in the scripture. Uh, the passage I read for you, verses 3 through 14, are the form of a Jewish blessing. It's all one sentence. They didn't have a lot of punctuation when the, when the, the scriptures were written. Uh, so we added the, the periods, the commas, the verse numbers, the chapters. But these were all kind of passages that, that came together. And, and this was a, a, a blessing, one sentence, a long one. And in this blessing, it lets the writer know, uh, the writer rather lets the people know a few things. Ephesians lets us know that we are chosen, we are children of God, and we are redeemed. Uh, we, we are chosen. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son for us. Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. We were chosen. God told the prophet Jeremiah, rather, uh, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. We are God's chosen people and we should act like it. 
we should act like we are chosen. Uh, <laughs> when you go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant differently when you have a reservation as opposed to if you just try to go to the front of house and say, well, how long is the wait? When you know you have the reservation, you go in with some confidence. You go in with some pep in your step. When you go to a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game, when you have general admission seats, you go in one way. But when you have seats to the VIP suites, you walk into the, 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 the stadium with your chest out, looking around. Let, everybody got to know I got the VIP seats. Uh, uh, when, you, when you go traveling by plane, when your boarding pass says first class, you walk a little differently into the airport than when it says economy. Uh, uh. And so you operate differently. And so I say that to say that we are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen generation. We have some reservations that are better. We have a VIP status that is better. We have the best first class boarding pass you could ever have. This boarding pass gives us access to eternal life. We ought to be able to act like we are the apple of God's eye. We better be, act, be able to act like that we are the head and not the tail. We ought to be able to act like we are above and shall never be beneath. We ought to be able to carry ourselves like the chosen people we are. We're chosen and we've also, we are also children of God. Children get special access to their parents that outsiders do not. Do children with loving parents worry about their future? Do they wonder how they will survive? Do they even bother themselves with these types of adult concerns? No, they have complete and utter confidence that their earthly parents will provide for their needs. Uh, my children do not worry about whether or not they are going to eat today. That is not a concern they have. Matter of fact, we got to kind of work on them about that because my son, God bless him, uh, in his size 13 shoes at the age of 10 years old, goes into the refrigerator like he pay bills. Sorry, that, that, was, that wasn't part of the... But he doesn't worry about it. He has access to the stuff because he knows what, what his parents own, he has access to. He, he's not worried about what's going to happen because he, he, he's safe. He knows his chances of survival are good because he has parents that have his best interests at heart. He has parents uh, that, that are going to take care of him. Our children are comfortable and safe. And just like uh, earthly parents will keep their children uh, on the right path and, and comfortable and safe, we have a, a, a spiritual parent 
that is able to protect us, that is able to guide us, that is able to be there for us, and what is his is ours. We are the children of God. And not only that, we are forgiven and redeemed. We are forgiven for our sins. We are forgiven for the state of sin. We should be punished. We should have eternal separation from God, but we have been redeemed. When you redeem something, when they said that in the Bible, that meant there was a debt to be paid. That meant you owed somebody something, and if you could not pay it back yourself, they went and found the closest relative that was able to take on the debt for you to get out of bondage, to get out of the debt that you were in. And so when we have a redeemer, we have the best sibling that we could ever ask for, the one who knew no sin, the one who lived a life that we couldn't live and died a death that we couldn't die and gave himself up willingly, ransomed him for our lives. We've been redeemed. And because we've been redeemed, we can follow the right compass. And we have, when we have the right compass, we can use it. We have to use it. A compass cannot help you if it is buried in your pocket or if it is buried in your backpack or if it is sitting at home on a shelf. You have to use the compass. Not only do you have to use the compass, you have to trust the compass. The compass is not going to lie to you. Uh, trust it even when your instincts or your preferences or what you've always done uh, suggest a different path. You have the compass for a reason. And if you don't trust the compass, it's just taking up space. Your compass is a device that is used to guide you and ensure that you are heading on the right direction, that you are in the place that you need to be. As a traveler and someone going on a path, a sojourner in life, you want to arrive safely at your destination. Uh, 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 there are airlines that have catchphrases that say safety is our most important priority. And so if the airline wants to get you from A to B safely, so too does God want you to get from A to B safely. The joy of our eternal home is to trust the compass. But not only do you trust the compass, you got to check the compass often. We are going to go through changes in life that make us think it's time to switch directions, that'll make us think left is right and up is down. But consult your moral and biblical compass frequently to ensure that you are where you think you are and need to be. But not only do you check your compass often, you got to be aware of variations and deviations. Uh, 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 the magnetic north on a compass is not true north. But professional navigators have the means and the knowledge to, to know and adjust for this variation. Moreover, there are shifts and irregularities in Earth's, the Earth's magnetic field that can alter the position of the magnetic north. Uh, and so when you make these metallic 
buildings that are not buildings, these metallic uh, ships and boats that have to rely on magnetism in order to work with all that metal around is bound to throw it off. But if you've been doing it long enough, you can adjust for the deviations, just like you can adjust for the kind of car you drive. You know how hard you can put on the pedal and how soft you can. You know how the wheel turns and, and, and you get adjusted to that. It's the same thing in life. You got to get adjusted with your moral compass to these deviations. Recognize these deviations and make the adjustment. Responding to these irregularities is something we as Christians do all the time. And it means we can't be too judgmental of others who seem to be following a different path than ours. We got to be mindful of our steps and tone down our rhetoric sometimes for the ways of others. But that's an adjustment, not complete ignoring. Paul's message to the church, he's telling them that you are a part of a generation, you, you have access to the inheritance, and he's letting them know that we are going to go through experiences and troubles where we may feel utterly lost, and we won't have a clue to which way is north. But the beautiful thing about being in a meaningful relationship with Christ is that we won't ever lose our compass, nor can anybody take our compass away from us. Our compass properly defined is our faith, and the points of our faith have brought millions of people safely into Harvard, and it will do the same for us even in the most confusing of times. We know that we can point to Jesus because he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. We know that we can point to Jesus because he came through 40 and two generations and put on human clothing and lived a life among us, knew what it was like to be hungry, knew what it was like to be thirsty, knew what it was like to be tired, knew what it was like to be afraid, knew what it was like to feel pain and live this life among us, living he loved us though dying he saved us buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified freed me forever and one day he's coming back to the glory of the Lord we just have to trust our compass and use our compass in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come pray with me church Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this word that went forth. We ask a blessing over those who heard it and those who will hear it later. That they will want to know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins. That they'll want to point to you. That they'll use their compass and trust their compass and check it daily. Lord God, we ask that this word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. It is in your darling son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. 
Thanks again for watching and God bless.